right now we put this time aside every Wednesday morning for the great congressman for the better part of four decades. Me and Bernie believe he's the best politician in the history of New York, and that is saying a lot. And it is the great Peter King. I've been told that starting next week, Peter will move from 740 to 840 on Wednesday mornings. But this morning, he's still here at 740. Good morning, Peter. How are you, pal? I'm doing well, except I'm going to talk to Chad because he told me that I was the producer and the director and the star of the show. And so I don't know what you guys are fighting about. I mean, Chad told me I was numero uno and do what I want when I want. And now you guys, Justin and Matt and you, and it's, it's me. It's me. I'm the guy. Hey, listen, you are starting to uh, to become a huge, uh, yeah, not starting, you're already a huge personality on this station. You're huge on our show with me and Bernard. You're big on Katz and Matiti's afternoon show. You had your own show here on Saturdays and Sundays for a while. So it could easily be you, Peter King, easily. <laughs> I love being on with you guys. It's great. It's the highlight of the week. So. Well, thank Hold you very much. We feel the same. We feel the same way. You are way. getting older, right? Sorry, I mean, this rumor going around that you're becoming older, that you're like in your 50s, uh, listen, 50, 60 year now, right? Listen, wise guy, I saw your Instagram post last night. Sid turned 55 today. No Bernie tomorrow, me and Sid. And you, you kind of intimated in the Instagram post that at 55, I was like Biden, almost uh, senile. I saw that in your post. It was very, very funny. That's what I yeah I was I was sort of thinking that yeah so, you know sort of <laughs> Let me tell you it's no joke I mean I I do stuff Not now true. that oh true. my god right Peter I mean I remember my brother-in-law Albert once told me Al Baker he said listen I don't care if you go to the gym every day I don't care what kind of shape you keep yourself in you get to your fifties mid fifties early sixties and you're going to start to do stuff that you can't believe you just did and you know what that son of a bitch is right. Yeah, there is. But listen, I'm, I'm 78. Uh, John Casperitis is in his 70s. Donald Trump is going to be 76, 77. So, I mean, it's uh, it's something different with Joe Biden. Listen, age does definitely slow you down. Don't get me wrong. But uh, he seems to be wandering. He has that confused look. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I can see why he do everything a little bit slower and not as sharp as he used to be. But he seems to have gone over a different line there. He really has. No, I agree. Now, by the way, I never would have thought you. I never would have thought you were seventy-eight. I thought you were much younger. I mean that sincerely. I thought you were much, much younger oh, than that. So God bless you. You you look great. You sound great. You're in great shape. Um, but you're right. You're only one year younger than Biden, who's seventy-nine, and told Obama he's going to run again in two thousand twenty-four yeah. at the age of eighty-two. I mean, how ridiculous is that, Peter? Yeah, I mean, you know, compare uh, Joe Biden's energy level with Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump is not the most younger than Biden, yet he acts like he's 30 years younger. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's something going on there. And uh, unfortunately, you're going to have other leaders in the world taking advantage of that because it is a pretty desperate world. You can't, there's only probably a few countries you can really count on. Other than that, they're constantly maneuvering and, you know, looking for weakness with us. And they, and they found it now. And I mean, you look at, the, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I mean, this is, wow. Uh, I mean, one thing, if the vice president was a Joe Manchin or someone like that, who even if you don't agree with him all the time, at least you know that he knows what he's doing and he's basically solid. Uh, here you have two people who seem to be wandering all the time. I mean, as bad as Joe Biden is, you know, take a look at Kamala Harris. <laughs> it's even worse. Uh, it's totally lost. You're right. It's even worse. And Sean Hannity made the point last night on Fox News that if Donald Trump was president, this wouldn't be happening. Well, and as I said, we've already got that evidence. It's not like Donald Trump president hypothetical. He was president for four years, and Putin didn't do any of this stuff. And neither did uh, North Korea, neither did China, neither did Iran. All these things kind of went away for the most part for four years when Trump was leading this country. So you may hate Trump to death. You may hate his tweets. You may hate his personality. You may hate, you may hate all of that stuff. 
But we've got the proof in the pudding, Peter. When he was president, there was not this chaos in the world we've got today with Joe Biden. Not even say Ukraine. And the first real aggression against Ukraine came when uh, when uh, Biden and Obama uh, were in office, and they refused to do anything. They would not give the Ukrainians any weapons whatsoever. We had the president of Ukraine coming over here in 2013, I guess, was begging, begging for weapons. And he said, instead of giving him uh, giving us guns, they're giving us blankets. And that's all they did. Then when Donald Trump came in with all the talk, which is always phony, about the uh, his deal with Putin, and he was a uh, you know some kind of a uh, Russian accomplice or something. He gave defensive weapons to Ukraine. So it was Donald Trump that gave deadly weapons to Ukraine so they could uh, hold off the Russians. And you notice there was no aggression at all against Ukraine when Donald Trump was there. You're right. Absolutely. You know, the uh, the country, the part of the country that loves Donald Trump loves him to pieces. Bernard is, is perfect evidence of that. Uh, then there's a part of the country, which is a very large part, maybe half the country, which hates his guts, hates him with a passion. And there seems to be some belief out there, not a consensus, but a belief, Peter, that the GOP may be better off with a guy like Ron DeSantis running for president because he's not disliked as much as Donald Trump. I got news for you. If DeSantis continues on the course he is right now, he'll be right there with Donald Trump in two and a half years. Yeah, uh, Ron DeSantis, here's where he has the advantage. And listen, Ron can be a tough guy to get along with, but I don't care. He'd be a strong president. He's very smart. But he takes very controversial positions, almost all of them I agree with, and he's able to defend them, though, in a very solid, rational way. He's really, Ron doesn't announce anything until he knows all the details. He's, uh, he isn't just going his gut. He goes with having a real detailed knowledge. Listen, the guy went to Harvard, Yale. He was captain of the baseball team. Uh, he was a uh, officer in the Navy. He's, this guy's a real achiever. And I saw him in Congress. He works hard. And he would be, he, he, he is able to tap into the middle, uh, that middle class, blue collar uh, beliefs and values and ideals without necessarily, listen, he, he's going to offend the left, but he's not going to offend independent voters the way Donald Trump can do it. Donald Trump, uh, he, he tapped into it. He was able to get elected. But you have to find a way to somehow ease up and keep those independent voters like, like Ronald Reagan did. I mean, Ronald Reagan, he was a staunch conservative, but he was able to move the country along without without dividing it any, any further. But listen, you have to assume if you're going to be a conservative running for office, you're going to be attacked. The New York Times is going to attack you every day. Uh, they, you know, the uh, mainstream media is going to attack you every day. The Democrats are going to attack you every day. But you've got to be ready for that. And I, I, I think a guy like DeSantis also, Tim Scott from South Carolina, Nikki Haley, these are, these are well quality candidates. But you're right, Donald Trump is definitely out front now. But we do have, unlike the Democrats, we really have a strong group coming up behind them. There's no question. You just mentioned four or five people that are very capable of doing the job. I can't think of one. If Pete Buttigieg is your best chance, you're in big trouble. Let's move to Governor. Uh, Kathy Hochul has her hands full, and I believe she's on her way out. But what's funny is me and Bernie had a discussion a couple of weeks ago, and Bernie was of the belief that the Republicans would stay kind of united, that between the top three, Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, and Rob Astorino, there would be no ugliness. And I wasn't sure if I believed that or not, and it turns out Bernie's wrong, because Astorino now is going up to Lee Zeldin on a bunch of fronts. On this show, Astorino said, just so you guys know, Lee Zeldin voted with Andrew Cuomo every step of the way. Now, again, yesterday, Astorino going after Lee Zeldin with other charges about the way he's running his campaign. So it has gotten a little ugly between Rob and specifically Zeldin. Are you surprised to see that? 
Yeah, but I, listen, so, so long as it doesn't get very personal, uh, 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 we can survive it. But again, you know, to say that Lee Zeldin voted with Cuomo, first of all, he was only, I think Lee was only in the state legislature two years when Cuomo was governor. And during those two years, Andrew Cuomo actually ran to the right. I mean, he did a balanced budget. Uh, he was actually, he was the main speaker uh, early on at the, uh, I guess this is back in 2009 when he was still attorney general. He was the main speaker at the uh, New York State Conservative Convention. Uh, you know, he was up there speaking. So he was the first two years that uh, uh, Lee was there. I guess that was 2014 or 2012, 2014. Yeah, I guess 2012, 2014, uh, two years uh, in fact, is during that time, Andrew Cuomo was at least a centrist. He went off the rails in the years after that. So when Lee was there, most Republicans voted the same as Lee did with, with uh, Cuomo in those days. And it was Cuomo who was fighting with the uh, uh, left wing. You know, it's uh, Shelley Silver in that crowd. Right. right. That's exactly right. Uh, l- let me uh, do one more out on Long Island. You know that uh, Tom Swazi, a Democrat from your part of the woods, reached out to me last week. So I put him on with uh, with me and Bernie. And he got himself into all kinds of trouble with his party because he actually said to me and Bernie that he thought that DeSantis's bill, the parental act down in Florida, was a reasonable bill. Well, now it, it turns out, of course, that uh, Kathy Hochul, starting to feel some pressure, has now gone after Swazi, basically, some, some business deal, some stock deal, because he also called her out, by the way, with her husband, who, gained, who, who could gain a ton of money on the Buffalo Bills Stadium. So it looks like Kathy Hochul is playing some dirty, rotten games here with a guy like Tom Swazi just to kind of show off her muscle. What do you think about that? Well, I can tell you politically, this is the best thing that Tom Swazi can hope for. Uh, if the person on top who supposedly has a 30-point lead is attacking you, that means she's nervous. Because uh, generally, if you're running from behind, you can accuse the, uh, the front runner of everything, and, and they will ignore you unless they think you're catching up. So to me, this is the first real sign that uh, Tom Swazi is making inroads against Kathy Hochul, and she's nervous about it. So uh, I would say Tom is in a much better place now than he was a week or two ago. And again, you go on Bernie and Sid, and the whole world turns upside down. <laughs> I know. What is he nuts? What is he? They're all after him now. He's in big trouble. By the way, Peter King, I know again, you know. You're getting back to it. If they were all after him, I mean, listen, Tom Swazi was running way behind. Now the fact they're after him, they're pulling much show that Tom actually has a decent chance to overtake her. Yeah, he's going to win because of us. So uh, in the end here, Peter King, the best record in baseball belongs to what Major League Baseball team? New York Mets. That's correct. You're New York Mets, Peter. How about that? But just think, the Mets and Yankees have one thing in common. Both have their top pitchers out. DeGrom's out and Cole is out. Cole's out to lunch. Where is that? My God, this guy, <laughs> the money, the money he's, he's getting. And he's 0-3, and yeah. you go back to less. Well, but, but uh, he, he actually, he, he didn't lose last night. The Yankees came back yeah, okay. and beat the Tigers. But you're right, they yanked right. him in the second inning. He's got three bad starts three, under his belt already. Starts. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's exciting. The Mets are uh, playing great baseball, and uh, I know you're an Islander fan, but the Rangers look like they can win the Stanley Cup. So, no, you know, Ranger, you know, Rangers are doing great. My my son is a big hockey fan. He's a Flyers fan, believe it or not. But no, but he, he he tells me he thinks the Rangers can go all the way. They can. No, they can. They look terrific. Hey, listen, uh, you're great. We love having you on. We love your Tuesday night Instagram posts. And uh, Bernie and Sid love Peter King. So thank you so much for another great appearance, Peter. Thank you. Okay, you said, and it's all hope for the best for Bernie. He's going to make it. He's going to 
He's he's going to make the finish line. He's 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 great. He's a great guy. He's a tough guy. I couldn't agree more. Take it from a guy that uh, he punched in the face at eight o'clock in the morning in front of millions of people on MSNBC television. <laughs> he is as tough as they come. My partner, my dear friend, the great Bernard McGurk. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation. Or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.